The following is a Secure Foundation broadcast. If you do not have the proper security clearance to listen to this broadcast, please turn off your listening device now and turn yourself in to the police. Our personnel will take it from there. Commencing playback of deadly auditory cognito hazard in 3, 2, 1. Hello, and welcome to the Secure Contained Podcast, the show that explains and discusses every aspect of the SCP Foundation, one topic at a time. I'm your co-host, David. I'm your co-host, Soren. And today, we're going to be discussing the Church of the Broken God, who, uh, which yeah. has some overview stuff uh, at, over at the Hub. They're a group of interest. We covered what a group of interest is, but basically, it's another thing in the Foundation world that deals with the anomalous. This one's a church that worships something. There's three different factions in it. Mm-hmm. It's not God. It's, it's, it's not. a broken God for some reason. They worship a broken God, which is various, different. various interpretations. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so we're going to go ahead and read some of the uh, quote-unquote overview BS uh, at the hub. The groups um, of interest have numbers. That would have worked better. Yeah, that... This mm-hmm. one's number four. Yeah, <laughs> they're sort of alphabetically on the website. You can't blame me for it. Yeah, yeah, you got a point. Um, yeah, so the the group number is 004, obviously known as uh, the Church of the Broken God. Membership, is, uh, like you mentioned, has three known factions. Um, it says about around three hundred thousand worldwide resources. Uh, it's worth about one to five billion dollars annually for USD and has anomalous capability. Once again, this is on the overview on the hub on mm-hmm. the website. The in character uh, pun. The pun. The in character one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the status is active um, for the description it says the church of the broken god is an anomalous re- religious organization which worships mechanization and believes flesh and life to be inherently evil or quote unquote broken though its origins are unknown broken god related artifacts have been recovered from archaeological digs dating back to the greek classical period and church dogma asserts its existence predates uh, the appearance of life on earth Central to their theology is that their deity has been scattered, dispersed, or otherwise rendered inert. Through the use of technology, often anomalous, church followers seek to bring together the components of the body of God, thereby allowing the divine physical form to utilize and bringing about some sort of techno-organic apotheosis. Several SCP objects have been attributed to this group since its discovery. Personnel may reference items indexed under broken underscore God for a restricted list. Uh, right next to that, it has the sort of, I guess, insignia of it. Um, it's like a hammer hitting a rock with a bunch of electricity coming off, and underneath it says, The smith answers only to God for his hands repair his body. Quote from Builder Robert Bumaro. Uh, the current leader of the oldest extent, extant denomination of the Broken Church, a uh, group of interest, dash 004A, is an individual identified in records as His Holiness Robert uh, Bumaro, Builder of the Broken God, who apparently gained the title in 1946. Footnote 1. Spanish nationalist records from 1938 mention a civilian mechanic by the name of Umberto Bumaro who received several government citations for miraculous feats of engineering and mechanical repair and service to the state. Whether or not this is the same individual and where his whereabouts during the Second War is unknown. While this sect continues its efforts to reconstruct their deity, their religion as a whole has at some time in the past century undergone a major schism. I think that's how you pronounce that word. Uh, two significant breakaway movements from the original church have entered into a major theological conflict. The Cogwork uh, Orthodox Church, 
uh, JOI-404B, uh, espouses a form of literal religious iconography known as standardization, whereby adherents submit to anomalous mechanical enhancement with the stated goal of remaking themselves in the image or plan of their deity. Due to the extent of their mechanical augmentation, members of this sect often emit audible ticking or tapping sounds, and have been referred to despairingly as tickers by members of the other two sects. Cogwork orth uh, orthodoxy deliberately adheres to technological norms of the late Industrial Revolution, and regard the mass production of analog, steam, and clockwork-driven machinery as a form of prayer. Orthodoxy doctrine is highly centralized and regulated by a group of unknown composition known as the Patriarchs. This body issues <coughs> detailed production orders and design documents, which form the core of the group's extremely extensive holy writ. Orthodox belief decrees the use of electronic or digital devices and views distributed information sharing and decentralization as tantamount to the dissolution of divine knowledge. Uh, this also has an insignia, insignia underneath it as like a sort of subdivision of that, um, which is uh, like a gear with kind of two like pickaxes on the side and they're both hitting these like levels. And underneath it says, cast in the design of God, be faithful um, from the Shema of the patriarchs. Then finally, the Church of Maxwellism, GOI-004C, represents a modernized computation and network-oriented means of worship. No central organizing church body is known to exist. However, interviews and co covert surveillance has determined that all known cells are in regular contact with one another and capable of coordination. Maxwellists favor small-scale body modification through the use of advanced cybernetics and organ enhancement. While artificial limbs or reinforced skeletons have been observed, Maxwellist implants focus primarily on communication, uh, data storage, networking capabilities, and sensory enhancement. Maxwell's doctrine uh, interprets broken god as a fragmented deity which exists as disparate data present in the link technology and culture zeitgeist of the digital age. Worshippers approach the divine by embracing their unique traits and sharing their knowledge and capacity for the good of the collective church. By connecting all minds throughout through computer networks, they believe their deity can be recompiled as the aggregate will of humanity. Due to their use of computer fan noise as a meditative aid, members are often referred to as hummers by members of the other two factions. And then it's it's insignia um, is kind of like a bunch of circuits and stuff uh, underneath which it says individuality is a file system through which our lord is compiled um, from words underscore of underscore the underscore prophet dot text. Um, a couple more footnotes. Uh, have... refer to the other sections. Okay. So um, it'll just... Yeah. So basically, okay. their god is broken into pieces and scattered across wherever, I guess. Um, some believe... Yeah, sorry about that. I thought I locked that door, but we didn't, so... Yep. Well, alright, well, I'll, uh, I'll start it again. Uh, so basically, their god is broken into pieces across the universe, the world, or whatever, I'm not sure. Uh, and they're trying to fix it. Most of them also believe that life is inherently broken. Um, and one of them believes you can fix that by mechanical augmentation, the other by electronic augmentation and cybernetics. And they also believe, the cybernetic ones, that they can assemble their god through mass, like, basically a hive mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of, um, it's almost sort of like Christianity in a certain way, in that, like, um... Well, okay, so you have, like, oh, you have, like, the big... This. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not gonna go too far into it. I just want to say, like, with Christianity, right, you have the main function of Christianity, and then under that, you have Catholicism and Protestantism and all, all that fun stuff. Right? Oh, yeah, Lutheranism um, and all that. Yeah. That's what um, you meant. Okay, that's, yeah, that, and, that's better. Yeah, and... 
in this, yeah, <laughs> within this, it kind of has that. Like, they have the main focus, which, as a whole, they all believe that their god is broken and it's scattered everywhere, but all of them have different ways of understanding why it happened, how it happened, and how they believe they can get it back. Like, the cog work, um, like it mentioned, is very, like, kind of steampunk type. It, it's through, like, building stuff and machines. They That's their worship, where it's, uh, it's a church of maximalism. It's a lot more, like... Um, uh, software and stuff and through like cybernetics and all that fun th- all those fun things um so yeah yeah so not the like hot topic religious stuff because we're not a political podcast we are this um <laughs> so and i know. don't think i have time to edit another podcast but well actually i don't do anything on the weekend so <laughs> i never Maybe. have planned um all right. <laughs> that, that was so sad no, that's not, uh, I do sometimes, it's alright. I'm not lonely, I swear. <laughs> I do things. Alright, uh, there's a bunch of history here. That's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's big old things. Let's just, like, skim it, probably. Who knows? We'll figure it out as we go. Okay, so, yeah, I'll just, alright. Um, they're fragmented, which, the fragment, the, the, Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to read it. <laughs> I'm not going to go through the effort of doing this. Okay. should have prepped more if we had to do this. Okay. Given the fragmented nature of GOI-004, a clear timeline of events in, involving the church is difficult to determine. Contradictory information regarding its origins, primary doctrines, important figures, and historical development is collected with every raid on hostile cells. The retroactive recognition of unrelated cults as predecessors of the church represents a significant for- pro- problem for Foundation historians. The following is a brief summary of information from sources the Foundation presently considers the most reliable. It's to be taken as a guideline when uh, dealing with members or suspected artifacts, though agents and researchers must always remember that it represents incomplete knowledge subject to expansion or amendment. Uh, there's the first, which is the Zia Anomalous Culture Group, uh, linked between the ancient Zia dynasty, uh, ruled China from 2100 to 1600 BCE, of which there is no non-anomalous evidence, uh, and the cult of the broken god. They practice a dualistic religion, worshipping entities known as Father Serpent Fuxi, equivalent to the broken god, and Mother Dragon Nuwa, equivalent to the Sarkic deity, which is uh, part of the Sark cult, another group of interests, which we'll do later, above all gods. They're said to practice the way of the serpent. Serpent Members underwent an age 12 transformation into serpentine bodies said to resemble the body of the dragon. Oh boy. These transformations, <laughs> along with the anachronistic technology recovered from the sites, confirms the Zia Dynasty as the first anomalous civilization in historical record. According to their cosmology, uh, Fuxi and Nuwa fought, uh, fought after creating humankind, eventually culminating in Fuxi transforming himself into a great brass cage to imprison Nuwa. While the worship of Fuxi took precedence over worship of Nuwa, the Zia culture group saw the rebuilding of Fuxi as an event to be prevented at all costs, since it would free Nuwa from her cage and leave to the end of the world. So basically, don't rebuild the broken god guys okay that's the a, ones okay. who are trying to do such a thing which is like i from what i can tell basically like the rest of them like every single other one yeah not just okay yeah uh started with the yellow emperor legendary figure considered to be the initiator of chinese civilization this isn't true by the way mm-hmm. don't don't answer this on a test uh, <laughs> it's the yellow emperor everyone knows it you know yeah they started china <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Let's ignore that. Uh, that was a mistake. Oh, no, we're not mouth. ignoring that. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You doing okay. all right there? No, it's just China. Not China. 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 Okay. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Oh, boy. Uh, they entered conflicts with other civilizations. The aforementioned cults, Orto, Than, Future Sang Dynasty, and Redacted, with, which is linked to something. Let me check what that something is. Uh, SCP-1000, which is just Bigfoot. Uh, <laughs> but they're like a culture thing. It's a whole thing. Okay. Uh, they're significantly more advanced. Uh, develop structures similar to computing devices <laughs> up to and including artificial intelligence, as well as a writing system more developed than the Shang Dynasty and even reality warping devices. Oh boy. They were accomplished blacksmiths, particularly of bronze and a beryllium bronze alloy present in several, an- several, several anomalous objects. Properties are currently being researched. They suggest that the Zia culture developed methods of interstellar travel whether these were constructed theorized only or something else entirely has not been determined they came to an end following a conflict of creatures identified as golden crows which is also hyperlinked which destroyed all physical evidence of their existence outside of a few anomalous sites objects and organisms information on them persisted through legends of, of the surrounding and seceding cultures and there are accounts of their continued presence of survivors as guardians of forgotten history for more evidence see this document which is linked mm-hmm there's also the Mechanite Empire, which I believe has been mentioned before, probably not on the show, but just somewhere. Um, they were uh, broken god cults in uh, Mechanian Greece, Greece, a Greek civilization spanning the years 1600 to 1100 BCE. Broken god came to be known as Mechane, uh, footnote, lit, uh, translated literally to machine. And over time, the cult grew powerful enough to establish a Mechanite Empire, existing roughly from 1200 BC to 1000 BC. The Mechanite Empire was a highly centralized theocratic state with no distinction between the position of political, religious, and military leader. They contain they maintained control over the production of goods, particularly of the metallurgic industry, considering it a holy craft. Strong trading relations with Egypt, Assyria, and Canaan. Aggressive commercial policies, evangelization practices, and naval strength made them one of the most powerful states at the time though they also gave them an unpopular reputation among contemporary states. They introduced several important concepts to the broken church theology, Uh, most importantly the establishment of the rebuilding of the broken god as the ultimate goal of the church, Uh which which on the other one was the opposite of the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, Mechanite Empire... uh, uh, Written accounts documenting the change from primarily deistic religion to the current apotheosis doctrine as far back as 1154 BCE... Of important note is the earliest known document that proposes this doctrine called the Broken God of Wan, which is uh, relation, if any, to the Wan worship by the Church of Maxwellism remains unknown. Uh, between the Mechanite, Relationships between the Mechanite Empire and contemporary civilizations, primarily the Davites and the Sarkics, were off, which are both, I believe, anomalous and not real, uh, was often fraught with tension, though proof of alliances between the Mechanists and the Davites against the Adium Empire have been encountered. Uh, this is history. This is a bunch of things. Tensions between the Mechanites and the Adium Empire reached an all-time high around the end of the 11th century BCE. Evidence of colossus constructed for this war have been found as far away as the Aralcum Desert. Accounts on the end of this war vary, though it is agreed that while the Mechanites ultimately won the war, it dealt significant damage to the state, leading to the collapse of the empire. Artifacts from the time would be salvaged by various anomalous organizations over the years, surfacing as recently as the Seventh Occult War. That sounds fun. Yep. Um, right. uh, the next one uh, is the city-state of uh, Amini, I believe. Um, 
it says the survivors of the Mechanite State experienced a schism after the fall of the Empire. A significant portion traveled to other lands, hoping to find new territory in which to settle. The rest stayed on Amini, a small settlement, mostly undamaged by the war. For both groups, the period immediately after the collapse of the Empire was defined by the need for secrecy. Surrounding states immediately claimed dominion over the Empire's former territory, hoping to find the secrets to the Mechanized technology. Similarly, the former members of the Empire were hunted, considered a valuable source of information. Survivors looking for new places to live hid their origins, often practicing their religion in secrecy or conflating it with other deities. It is believed most descendants of these survivors eventually abandoned their faith to facilitate integration with society. Meanwhile, survivors in the now city-state of Ammonite <coughs> hid information on its location from the rest of the world, living in self-sufficiency while recovering from the effects of the war. Take them until the 6th century BCE to regain their status as an, as an influential player in regional politics, primarily due to their advanced technology. While their overall military strength fell significantly with the fall of the Empire, engineers from the city-state were highly prized amongst, uh, among other civilizations, gaining them several important allies that guaranteed them a continued existence. No longer possessing a numerous army nor control over the sea trade, the city-state of Amini would instead concentrate on agriculture and production of unique goods. City-state remained closed to foreigners, not willing to show any sign of weakness to outsiders, with a majority of the contact with other states coming from trade and designated ports, and the true location of the city remaining a secret. This state of isolation would remain until conquest by the Romans on the 1st century BCE. The city-state of Amity was profoundly influenced by the Pythagorean cults, incorporating the belief on the importance of numerology and harmony. Believe the current uh, Gnostic reading of the Broken God theology may have its root in this period. These spiritual influences led to a marked increase in the production of literature and art around the 5th uh, century BCE, marking this, is, marking this the golden age of Mechanite literature. Similar advances in automaton design would occur around the 1st century BCE, culminating in the creation of what are believed to be the first examples of artificial intelligence in the European continent. The city-state of Amini remained neutral in most military conflicts at the time, though they are known to have aided the uh, Achaemenid Empire in war against the Sarkites, as well as as have at least supplied military equipment to the kingdom of Carthage at the time of the Punic Wars. The city-state of Amini would be destroyed during the 1st century CE, after a conflict with the Hebrews proved their military strength could no longer be underestimated. While followers of the religion remained, no centralized body would form until the 19th century. Uh, the next is uh, the Industrial Revolution, which I was kind of briefly mentioned on the, the, the previous, uh, on the overview. Um, the Church of the Broken God experienced a resurgence during the Industrial Revolution, seeing the pr proliferation of machinery and mass production as a signal of McCain's imminent return. The various surviving cells would unify into what is known today as the Broken Church, looking to spread the word of their god in the new era. At the same time, among members of the church, debates started regarding the viability of conversion into mechanical entities, specific for a, a post-Nabanic uh, state of being. Footnote 4 says post-Nabanic refers to a hy hypothetical state in which the converted... In in which the converted subject achieves a state of communion with their god. Uh, conversion had not been a widespread practice since the fall of the Mechanite Empire, and se several high-ranking members considered any conversion different from the one given by the, by the then-lost gods, Ikor, to be a mockery of the broken god. It is believed the tensions inside the church were exacerbated by the oligarchy of the time, seeing benefits in the new, or in the quote-unquote new religion, but not willing to submit themselves to the church's authority. Ultimately, this led to the first great schism of the church's modern history, when several splinter cells defected from the main body of the church to seek enlightenment in the new technologies during the 1840s. 
With the economic support of several important factory owners and the knowledge of the Trish Splinter cells, several experiments on possible paths of augmentation were performed. Splinter cells looked to further evangelize the oligarchy of the time, emphasizing the usefulness of mechanite anomalous technology and spectacle of augmentations as reasons to convert. While few adopted the faith, many would become sponsors of the nascent Splinter cells looking to benefit from their knowledge. The increased awareness of anomalous technology threatened to destroy the veil, leading to the first conflicts between the then nascent foundation and the church. Eventually, the majority of these cells would be unified under the patriarchs of the Cogworth uh, Orthodox Church, which became the most important segment of the Church of the Broken God by the end of the 19th century, which, like I said, was mentioned in the overview. Yes. And uh, yeah. you want to read it? You want to sure. read the last one? Okay. And uh, well, there, there's a, there's another last one, but it's tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 20th century, the Church of the Broken God started the 20th century in the most stable situation <laughs> it had been since the destruction of the city-state of Amoni. Uh, the discovery of several suspected broken god artifacts by the Cogwork Orthodoxy led in, led many in cults to believe it was only a matter of time until the broken god was reassembled. <sighs> the broken church, not willing to let the splinter group be the ones to unite the god, started their own hunt for the artifacts. The most important figure in research church history is, Roder- is Robert Romero, a mysterious individual who was first recorded as a collector of items suspected of being related to the church. He recruited several enforcers and, through anomalous means, enhanced most of them until they were able to communicate with their god. This was unusual for the Broken Church, as unlike the Cogwork Orthodoxy, they usually discouraged artificial enhancements. Bumaro and his agents were able to collect close to 100 artifacts of presumed importance to the Church before disappearing on 1943. In 1943, it says on, but... He would reappear on 1946, guess not, uh, claiming the title of leader of the Church and builder of God. To this day, Bumaro remains a highly respected figure not just inside the Broken Church, but among all other known denominations. The final schism, 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 one of them. I think it's uh, schism. Who knows? Occurred during the 1990s through conflicts, though conflicts within the church had started in the 1970s. As technology advanced, many members of the existing church felt that dogmas were outdated and that the church had to adapt its message to the times. The inclusion of electronic devices and augmentations was the cause of severe controversy in the Cogwork Orthodox Church, culminating in its prohibition by the patriarchs as a heretical development. This, in addition to the schema, resulted in numerous excommunications and defections. Similar to the situation in the 19th century, numerous splinter cells would emerge, though with significantly less success in attracting funding. Most of them would eventually unify during the second half of the 1990s, following the teaching of a woman named Saint Hedwig, uh, information retrieved from church from the church likened Saint Hedwig to actress and inventor Hedy Lamar, though this claim has not been verified, uh, to establish the Church of Maxwellism. While with commercial links to major players in the anomalous world, such as Prometheus Labs, the Church of Maxwellism would soon, soon establish itself as one of the major denominations of the church. Uh, they have an estimated 300,000 members of today, sorry. Uh, an increase in families of mixed faiths as Maxwellism looks to evangelize newer generations using popular media and the internet, making them the most <laughs> important threat to normalcy among the members of the church, despite a relative lack of military power compared to the other two. Current church operations center on recovery of an island off the coast of Greece, which links to an SCP that says that is an island with a bunch of things. Uh, we can do that later, maybe. Uh, the reasons for this interest are currently unknown. Well, if I had to guess, I'd say that that is the island of Amoni. Probably, yeah. Because... Considering they're, yeah. you know, they, they attempted to... They they definitely have attachment issues with it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I, would, I would assume that, that that most likely is, yes. Um... But so yeah, so knows? that's that's kind of the that was kind of a, a brief a brief history with foot of the ferret oh, um, about uh, you know how how the church became so so broken 
Get it? Hey. I, I hate myself so much. Um, yeah, it's kind of the way that a lot of the, the different branches broke off and, and became wh who they were and why they were. Um, yeah. Uh, There's a bunch of links to uh, collected data, which we'll read one of uh, Holy Writ and Tales, which is like, Holy Writ is like their, pi their Bible, but there's a bunch of things that we'll only read one of them. Further research is a bunch of SCPs, which we'll read some of. Documented accounts is a bunch of tales, there's a lot of them. Uh, probably won't read any of those, at least not yet. Uh, and then there's information, which basically says, uh, Writ, old school church does not follow any specific formatting guidelines, but the style is key. Legends, transcriptions of legends, uh, yada, yada, yada. A bunch of other things. Kind it's of like basically says, like how to, this yeah, is how how to write, write them. That kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, okay, yeah, uh, so like you said, we're going to read one of the the their writs or within their bible um you linked uh it's called uh the broken mind um which is just sap.wiki or slash wiki.net slash uh broken slash mind or dash, dash mind, mind. Yeah. yeah um once again obviously you can find it on the broken god hub uh yeah, but they like their word urls yeah so this is this is just kind of like a, a chapter within it which is so the, the main title is the broken mind underneath it's, it's the broken pieces uh chapter 12 um broken mind of the lord uh and how it is to be built which is links to an scp which looks oh, like a, a book I within and of itself um one so it came to pass that the heart and the eye and the tongue were together in one place and the quicksilver ecor had been dredged from the sea of the dead and gathered into a vial and the soul ransom from the lands of davon was sealed up and underwatched so yeah if you, if you can't tell this is kind of written like very old-timey type thing um two the six ang the six no angels six okay. angles not the six angles, that's trigonometry, and I don't have a final for that until Friday. Um, the hmm. six angels uh, reunited were pleased with the works of the faithful. The people rejoiced in their blessings and production. Three, then spake the angel of progress to, the, to his priests. The time is short, and we are beset by enemies at every port. Go forth, then, in secret, to the land of Khmer, where the mind of the broken one lies hidden beneath the temple of the flesh god Vishnu, which uh, I'm assuming broken one is church of the broken god uh for a hidden stair in the northwest corner of the central temple will lead you below there you will find a hull of uh dark bronze three cubits to each side uh verse five with no fewer than five amongst you lift it from its place of rest and convey it here with due haste six patience is a virtue best left to god seven the priests counseled among themselves and dispatched the acolyte Bar barnabas smythe with four others to the lands in the far east that the mind would be retrieved and that which was broken made whole Verse 8, disguised as their heathen cousins and sons of Abraham, the five wandered, wandered over desert mountain and jungle for two years before coming to the temple which was foretold to them. 9, however, upon finding the stair of which the angel spoke, uh, Smythe found the way was collapsed and sealed with obscene sigils. With what gold lined his pockets, he hired seven workmen into his service. Smythe uh, shared with him the words that the angels had told him, and the workmen, knowing that demons walk the land to destroy all order in the world, performed their task with great haste and skill. Verse 11, for 39 days and 39 nights, they chipped and chiseled and dug along the seven noble heathens. This act of toil, through which all gave offerings of their blood and sweat and flesh, the workmen were made pure and pleasing to the Lord. To the Lord? To the Lord. Uh, 12, so that on the 40th day, the way was clear, and all 12 hurried below to bear witness to, to the glory of the broken one. But alas, and woe, in the chamber below, a great boulder had fallen, and the glorious mind lay smashed in the rubble. Verse 14, the twelve faithful sifted through the wreck and gathered what pieces remained together in five large satchels and conveyed them to their home. When they had, when they arrived, the people wept to see the mind so shattered and implored the angels for their aid. 
verse 15. So spake, so, yeah, so spake the angel of conflict to his priests, haste not, has not aided us. Davon and his flesh has prevented us before our quest began. 16. The mine is lost, and none amongst you can rebuild it. Though you may toil a thousand years and master a hundred worlds and learn of many divine truths, no mortal man of broken flesh with soft and feeble mind could repair or rebuild it. 18. Then spake the angel of invention, Fear not, there is a way. Bring to us a scribe of great skill and learning, that we may impart unto him the truth of design. But, an but great angel, said the acolyte Smythe, to what purpose is this design if no man can execute his mandates? We shall surely fail. Verse 20. The angel of peace took pity on Smythe, and spared his insolence. Dear acolyte, though your eyes see and your ears hear, your mind cannot grasp. 21. The design is not that of the mind, but of a much simpler truth which man in a small wisdom can attain. This design will beget yet another, and that yet another, and if faithfully executed, two more after their kind, until at last the final volume will be understood, and the mind shall be restored. Uh, verse 22, and the final one. At this news there was much rejoicing, and offerings of flesh and blood were made unto the broken one, that soon his assembly would be complete. So yeah, so this is like literally like a, a chapter of the Bible. It's, it's literally their Bible. Uh-huh. Um, you know, even showing similarities to like the actual Bible as well with what with angels and the Lord, but even outside of that with the whole uh, 39 days, 39 nights uh, with like Jesus in the, in the desert and everything with 40 days and 40 nights. Um, a lot of, a lot of similarities to that, which is interesting. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they broke the thing and they can fix it by doing a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember. But it's never made clear what those things are because, of course. Yeah, don't question it. Why? Don't question it. Other, otherwise, the angel of peace may not take pity on you because, you know. <laughs> yeah. Angel of conflict. Yeah, there are a lot of different angels for some reason. Yes. A lot of different. There, sorry, there are, are six separate angels. Um, yep. but, you know. All six. <laughs> Hexagon. <laughs> Everyone, it is Dave. Uh, I just want to take a, a quick moment out of the episode um, and, and tell you guys thanks once again for listening. Um, as usual, be sure to show the show, um, to show the show, to share the show. The show. I meant I'm share here too, the show. By the way, yeah, he is a, he he is here as well. Uh, make sure to share the show. Uh, it's it's very appreciated. Um, tell your friends, tell anyone that might be interested. Um, it's definitely cool seeing so many of you listening. Uh, yeah. If we've i just recently passed like 3k listens i think total um, yeah. yeah pretty so. cool mm -hmm. tell more people it's honestly really cool that we've been able to do that mm -hmm. um and honestly i really enjoy doing this i don't know about you but this is fun yeah and uh yeah we have a patreon if you feel like it uh <laughs> for that's patreon.com slash sc podcast one dollar gets you a shout out on here uh, $5 gets you access to an exclusive channel in the Discord and some cut content and, like, bonus episodes, uh, which mm -hmm. I'll probably start editing together and putting up whenever I have time. Yeah. Um, uh, but we and, have material for them. And, you know, speaking of that Discord, uh, that link is on Twitter. Um, our our uh, Twitter at is at SCP Podcast uh, Show. The SCP Podcast Show. Yeah, that's 1P. Um, the link is in our bio. <clears throat> With it also has uh, sword and eyes personal apps if you want to follow them. Yes. Um, I don't know why you would, because we he doesn't post at all and I post too much. Um, I so <laughs> yeah. Have nearly no followers and the ones that do probably don't care about yep. me retweeting tech things. Um, <laughs> Pretty much tech things and Brian David Gilbert. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have, if you're questioning about uh, sponsoring us, a promotional message or a personal message or something, uh, email scpodcastofficial at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, thank you to Kevin McLeod for providing our music under the title "quote unquote" twisting. Yep, and uh, we'll get you back to the episode now. I believe mm-hmm. we're doing some uh, skips and things. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want to read the eight eight two first? Sure, I'll read okay. the eight eight two first. You, Thorin. <laughs> okay, we're skips. We're doing them now. Okay. Everything's fine and smooth. That was a transition. Yes, it was. It was. All right, it was flawless. we're gonna read uh, SCP-882 for a reason that I will that will be revealed later, because mm-hmm. uh, this one is relevant. It. I believe this one. This one's a more popular one. Yeah, rating six hundred and seventy-three, mm-hmm. and it's over like two or three hundred. It's big. Uh, I believe this one is called like the Twisting Gears or something, but they don't show you the titles on the actual site, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. So this one's fairly relevant to the Broken God Church. It doesn't say it anywhere in the article, but yeah. Uh, it's number 882. Like I said, it's class as Euclid. It's containment procedures. It should be kept in a fluid environment at all times, consisting of no less than 40% seawater, uh, kept suspended by non-metallic means, currently cotton fiber line to be che- changed daily. Uh, it is also... Uh, I gotta stop saying uh. It is also to be checked daily for any signs of rust flaking. If any part of it appears to be uncoated with rust, it must emer- it, brr, it must immediately be immersed in a 100% seawater solution, water, which must be taken directly from the ocean, uh, reduced concentration only when the object is again coated in rust. No metal may be placed in the containment area, only organic materials, and any contact with it requires the use of thick cotton gloves. Any metal making contact with it is to be heat-severed, melted down, and kept immersed in 100% seawater in a separate area. Any auditory issues reported by staff must be reported immediately, and affected personnel must submit to a full psychological examination, and depending on results, either transfer to another facility or permanent containment at Expunge. Description. SCP-882 appears to be a... Oh, I know what the title for this one is. I remember now. I believe... No, that's 914. I thought it was called The Clockwork, but that's 914, isn't it? Yeah. I think think we've read that one before. Yeah, we have. Whatever. Okay. It appears to be a random assembly of gears, cables, pulleys, and screws, and belts, all made of an amalgam of various materials. Uh, its size at the time of recovery was approximately 87 cubic meters. Its current size is approximately 12 cubic meters. They took it down. It rusts quickly in seawater. No identifiable energy sources have been found, but all components will begin to move if not coated in rust. It is completely silent at all times, no matter what level of activity it reaches. Any metal touching the object will become permanently affixed to it and, over a period of a few days, becomes a new part of the object. Organic matter remains unaffected. It is extremely resilient with tensile strength and t- toughness above those of aircraft-grade titanium alloy by weight. Even though its composition appears to be a random alloy of iron, tin, gold, and other metals, some as of yet unidentified. Extreme focused heat must be applied over several hours to cut even a small portion free of the main assembly. Persons remaining in the vicinity of the object for prolonged periods have developed auditory hallucinations while near the object, mainly the sound of grinding and clicking. The sound intensifies and is abated only by throwing metal into the object. Subjects in advanced stages of psychosis have thrown themselves into the object, resulting in almost instant death by crushing. The body is often drawn in and impossible to recover. Hmm. It was recovered from location at the northeast coast of Banks Island. Area was barren of all mild and metallic ore in a one-mile radius. It was found at the geometric center of the area. It had been submerged in seawater at the time, uh, and a small town was found nearby abandoned for several years. 
It was removed, shortly started to flake off rust, causing the varied parts to begin motion. After several accidents, Dr. Gears authorized SCP-2519 to be played on loop, which is, uh, I believe, let me check real quick. It uh, slows down mechanical things. It's an audio file. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, which successfully reduced its motion, enabling safe access. It was cut down, contained on site, and is not to be brought in to uh, to and to the vicinity of 271 or any subject possibly containing 271, which is also something from the Broken God, but I'm not sure what it is enough to describe it quickly. Yeah. Okay. And there's an interview of things that I don't know what it says. Uh... Alright, so that is Thing, which is part of the Broken God, but it doesn't say it in the article, but you'll find out how it is when we read this Next 001 time. proposal, which we were going to read for the 001 episode, but it fits a lot better here mm-hmm. because it's part of this whole thing. Yeah, It's um, the Twisted Gears slash Dash Cactus proposal, uh, mm-hmm. written by, I believe, uh, Twisted Gears and DJ Cactus. Which would, you know, make sense. Um yeah. <laughs> So on here it says, by order of the Overseer Council, the following file describes a Maxer Maxer class anomalous entity. This information is protected by level 5 classification. Dissemination of Maxer class information is strictly forbidden and poses an imminent threat to the SCP Foundation and its interests. Individuals accessing this file must provide level 5 security credentials and be inoculated against a a Z109 memetic hazards. Failure to do so will result in immediate career Omega memetic termination upon accessing this file. Zero, zero, 001. And then uh, it says submit level 5 security credentials. When you click on that, it says security cognito hazard executed. Um, it has a, um, a picture of a lot of clockwork, and there are words that are kind of like overlaid onto it, but they're, they're kind of, um, they mess with the opacity, so you can't really see it that well. Mm-hmm. It's um, supposed to be like the emetic thing, but it also looks kind of like relevant because apotheosis is yeah apotheosis stands out as well as in the bottom right corner there's uh it's something in red that looks like it says iron Iron scepter Scepter. yeah Uh um so it says life signs detected memetic inoculation ascertained welcome overseer item scp-001 object class maxer uh with a footnote of one which i scroll all the way down uh says the maxer classification was codified I can do that, and yet I didn't. <laughs> the Maxer classification was cod- codified in 1981 by the Foundation Containment Committee in conjunction with the Overseer Council. They cite Directors Council and the Foundation Ethics Committee until such time that the Maxer class was codified. SCP-001 was classified as neutralized, and the Maxer class was created to replace this improper classification. See classification. Shut up. See classification committee records. CA- It's a bunch of different classification stuff. And I thought I X'd out of all my stuff for a second, but I just went to my desktop and I almost had a heart attack. Um, special containment procedures. Oh. Yeah. I, oh, God. Um, information on the relevancy of SCP-001 to related anomalous objects are to be omitted from their respective objects documentation. Well, connections with the Church of the Broken God can remain available, hence why it's relevant, the origins of the items are to be omitted or obs- obfuscated. The inactive component of SCP-001 is to remain in its current location, and any shipping or diving is forbidden in that area. Civilian discovery of SCP-001 is to be suppressed, and amnestics are to be utilized in order to maintain classification. Persons affiliated with the Church of the Broken God who make active attempts to seek out the inactive component of SCP-001 are to be taken into Foundation custody and questioned. 
Information pertaining to SCP-001, whether physical or digital, is to be confiscated and contained. The inactive component of SCP-001 is to be expected to remain inanimate. However, should SCP-001 experience spontaneous reanimation, all active mobile task force units at nearby Site-27, Site-44, Site-90, and Site-101 are being assigned to active countermeasures. Should this event, currently designated as an 001-apotheosis event, occur in the modern world, it is believed that current means of information suppression would be insufficient, and it is likely that an 001-apotheosis event would result in an uh, SK-class Broken Masquerade Scenario, footnote 2, which I am going to hover over at this time, which says SK-class scenarios will automatically trigger a backup of all sensitive foundation information to maximum security Davis data servers within self-contained deep well sites, currently 117, 118, and 119. All non-essential personnel will receive mandatory amnestic treatment, and all major regional sites will go into a state of extended lockdown. Within current models, the state is indefinite. And likely following that, an XK-class end-of-the-world scenario. Extant active components of SCP-001 are not to come within 20 kilometers of the inactive component of SCP-001 under any circumstances. And, yeah, there's a picture of a, a white guy. It looks like something from, like, the 1800s um, underneath, which it says, Robert Bumaro, current leader of the Church of the Broken God, date unknown. All right, and uh, I'll start the description. Uh SCP-001 is a collection of anomalous items, formerly a single massive mechanical entity assembled by the members of the Church of the Broken God in late 1942 near La Paz, Mexico. Items include 217, which is a virus that turns people that turns organic material into metal, uh, 1139, which is a, a block of metal that, when current is run through it, makes people speak a different language uh, and stop speaking their own, 882, which we just covered as the gear thing, and several internal components of SCP-629, which is a Robot assembled by Dr. Wondertainment and an, another um, group slash person of interest that we'll cover uh, in their product, Mr. Brass, which is a metal <laughs> person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's unknown how Dr. Wondertainment got the components. A full list is available here, and it's a fake hyperlink. You can't click it. It's just red. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, members? Hmm? I was going to say, which probably means it was like redacted, but they didn't want people to know, so they just like... Or it's just they didn't feel like writing a full list. That too. Yeah. Members of the church combined the various anomalous objects in an effort to restore their deity. Upon activation, it reportedly began to integrate metal metallic objects into itself while actively seeking other anomalous objects. O1 and the resulting O01 apotheosis event that took place as a result of this assembly was the cause of significant environmental changes in western Mexico and required one of the most widespread uses of amnestics to date. Post-event, the active components of O01 were taken to foundation sites for containment, while the inactive component remained on the bottom of the Gulf of California at approximately 23.807269, negative 108.418369. Which Those are coordinates. coordinates. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they actually point at something, probably something stupid. Because, yeah. <laughs> what it's else? It's just a sign that says don't go to these coordinates. <laughs> okay um yeah then there are there are several addendums um afterwards uh i guess we should sure. just alternate um yeah. uh addendum 001.01 collected information describing scp-001 uh it says transcription of statement by father uh george george jorge george jorge who george knows? george castillo august 1945 uh which says ferdinand was the first i think the first to contact me after they found the heart the way they described it, the fervor that was in their eyes, it captivated me, and I knew them. I knew then that they had that they had done it. 
I went to meet with Anthony and Salvador the weekend after my sister's confirmation. When they showed it to me, I was taken aback. There's a little more than a pile of gears, pistons, ticking pieces of clockwork, and lubricated metal parts, all dutifully churning along without a power source. Within it, I saw the heart, just as they described. It spoke to me. Not like you and I would speak to each other, but with images, and feelings, and pain. It wasn't so much pain. Like the spark that it had given it life had made it realize what it was, or what it wasn't. And it desired only to be whole again. Desire is a strong word, perhaps. Not desire, more than it was impulse. Something within the creature drove it forward towards some unthinking, unfaltering end. The creature they presented to me was not like the other artifacts I had found and blessed. This one was different. There was something wrong with it, and I did not know until later what they had done. I begged Salvador to take it back to the beach, back to that beach, which is a hyperlink, and undo it. With that, it the was... hyperlink leads to the same uh, skip as the one island they're obsessed with. Two two one seven. If you want to read that. Mm-hmm. And undo it that it was not right, but they would hear nothing of it. It started moving before I left, shaking enough from side to side that it could achieve locomotion. It hobbled over a wrench, and the wrench became part of its body. They said to me, Our god is unbroken. I never saw them again. Excerpt from an interview with Francis Bollinger in 1946. Um, it didn't use words or any kind of language. It would make metallic sounds, um, but at the same time, images and concepts would come to mind while we were around it. Have you ever felt, when you have a thought or idea... And it's all there, born whole in your mind. You still have to think the words for it, despite knowing the sentiment before you finish the sentence. It's like all that, but from an alien mind. Truly, the words of the divine. And then finally, within uh, Addendum.01, um, excerpt from an interview in 2007 with Trixie Silva, agent of the Unusual Incidents Unit. Which are another group of interest. This one's the U.S. government's answer to anomalous objects, and they're completely incompetent. That's fun. So um, There were a few wolves. Wait, you know what those are, right? They're like like hunters. They work for the Horizon Initiative. They confronted us near a church in Santa Margarita, uh, wanted us to turn in the stuff that we had collected for the Church of the Broken God, like the Abramic uh, stuff we had handed over. We deliberated on whether or not we should give it to them. Our stance with the HI has been a bit shaky, more so in recent memory. While we have been on good terms with the local broken churchgoers, the wolves were more, well, are more aggressive. We looked over what we had, and while we did, this woman walked up. I don't know where she came from. She was dressed like a hippie, thin, iron chains for hair, but she seemed distant the whole time. The look in her eyes, her abnormal smile, like she was hardly there. She looked at what we had and said she only wanted this, uh, I don't actually know what it was. A metal box, it whirred and clicked and put out this little beam of light on one end when I picked it up. Felt lighter than I thought it would have. I asked why that was so important to her, and she said that it'd be easier to show me than tell. She closed her eyes and bowed her head. She didn't move or speak at first, so I closed my eyes as well. She brought her forehead to mine, but kind of offset. We stood like that for a second. Foi muito estranho. Before she suddenly moved her chin down, made me jerk down slightly. The world dropped beneath me and I fell. Something clicked in my mind at the image of two gears, formerly meshed together and now broken away. I felt the teeth of my spine arc out as I bent over. One step and I clicked along uh, on the multidimensional cog that was the planet. It spun around the furnace of the sun, tethered to it by the chain that was gravity, and we hurtled together through an oily cosmos with all the power of infinitely unwinding spring. Sorry. It was an experience. No, it was not a religious experience, but... Yeah. She told me to pick the box back up, and it felt a lot heavier than before. I couldn't tell if it actually had more weight or if it felt more significant. I gave it to her and wouldn't hear anything otherwise from the wolves or my teammates or my superior. All right. I'll read the second addendum. 
uh, 0.02 interview with excommunicated Church of the Broken God priest Father Dolores Randall, June 1945. Uh, there's an image to the side taken from the Broken Church of the Broken God information repository, believed to be early incarnation of SCP-001. It's like clockwork and stuff. Extraneous dialogue removed. Williams. All right, you mentioned the heart earlier. Were you there when they found it? Randall. Well, actually, we should alternate for this. It's two people talking. Let's do that. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to do Williams? Uh, yeah, okay. and, you, and you do Randall. Mm-hmm. All right, you mentioned the heart earlier. Were you there when they found it? No, no, not, not at all. I was out of the country at the time, working with a new mission in Panama. I'd only heard about Ezekiel after the fact. Who's Ezekiel? One of Umaro's agents. Before he was made leader of the church, Robert would keep a number of them around. These individuals who were in tune with God and could feel his presence speak to it. Ezekiel had discovered an artifact of some value, and Bumaro took him on afterwards. These agents were the first to experiment with the augmentations as well. As you can imagine, many of them died. But not Ezekiel? No, he was very close to Bumaro, and I don't know if he would have risked Ezekiel's well-being. It doesn't matter. Ezekiel didn't need augmentations to speak to the god. He was just capable. So what does Ezekiel have to do with the heart? You heard Avery tell you that they had a stockpile of artifacts, right? Anything that one of these agents touched, it felt if they felt something, they would have shipped it to La Paz with the rest of it. Most of it was worthless, but every now and then they would find something legitimate. The purifier, the one, whatever you call it, one of the agents discovered that near Nepal. They had tendons and ligaments and everything else, but they were all just parts. They would move on their own, but they didn't do anything together. How do you mean? The text referred to the god reassembling itself once the pieces are brought before its heart. All you need to do is feed the heart a limb, and the god will have a limb. But they couldn't find a heart. There were a couple of agents who had claimed to have found one, but they were all the same useless piece of machinery as the rest. Where does Ezekiel finish figure? Where does Ezekiel <laughs> figure into this? Ezekiel was the one who told Bumaro that. If they could not find a heart, maybe they could build one of their own. This, at the time, flew directly in the face of the church doctrine. The leadership, if they had known, would have excommunicated them. But it was quickly becoming clear that the project couldn't last through the through, through to the summer. I was sent in with my mission to resupply them after Ezekiel had left, and their supplies were nearly exhausted. Our records indicate that the heart was something they discovered. Is that not true? Of course it isn't true. You can't preach to a congregation about God giving parts of himself to you and then turn around and tell them that the most essential part is something you conjured up out of nothing. Worse than nothing, though. The details of what they did to create that heart and make it live were never revealed to me, but you can draw conclusions from evidence. There was a drought that year, and the polio crisis hit an all-time high. Thousands died of all of natural causes. A freak event never accurately recorded because of the attention on the war. Dios mio, but who can say? You think the two are related? I think the timing is too coincidental. And knowing what I know about that thing, about what that thing became, I think the answer is clear. That was not the heart of God, Agent. That was something altogether different. And then extraneous dialogue removed. Um, Alright. Do you, do you want to read point oh three? Yes, because you did a lot of the reading there. Um, <laughs> it's a recovered video transcript from November 1942. The video is recovered from a local documentary film crew. Shop begins in a destroyed home. The wreckage centered around the garage. Metal fragments and strips of rubber trail down the driveway and onto the asphalt and go down the street. Pieces of various automobiles are strewn across the street and sidewalk. The trail leads to SCP-001, which is integrating a truck into its chassis. 001 continues to the nearest house, where it begins consuming the gutters. Residents of the area flee the scene, several injured by discarded charge of glass and twisted metal discharged by 001. Lights produced from various parts of 001's body focus on the various prone figures. 
A section along the undercarriage of 001 alters and drops away from the main body, which continues down the street in search of more sources of material. The ejected sub subsection continues alteration, alterations, forming a vertical pod somewhat resembling a human spine and ribcage. Pod collapses in various areas, the rib-like protrusions end extending outward as the rest of the pod changes into a humanoid form roughly 3 meters tall. Light is produced from the head, which is focused on a nearby civilian. The metal humanoid picks up the civilian, who appears to be dead, and places it into a small chamber between the humanoid's ribs. The ribs vibrate as the humanoid approaches a sec second civilian, who is, it, who, atten who is attempting to crawl away. <laughs> she attempts to struggle as the humanoid lifts her and places her inside its chest cavity. The humanoid turns away from the camera to approach a third civilian, and what appears to be the woman's dismembered hand falls to the floor. That's fun. A growth on the humanoid's back slowly expands as it continues to gather bodies, but the body of the humanoid decreasing in size as it does so. By the sixth consumed body, the growth is larger than the humanoid, and it is unable to continue bipedal movement. The limbs recede into the body, and the ribs extend to allow it to scuttle onto the roof of a nearby house. It remains in place for 20 minutes. The bulbous exterior cracks and is torn away from within, revealing three humanoids. They each appear to be symptomatic of uh, SCP-217, which is the virus that turns people to metal, and exhibit physical characteristics of the six captured civilians. One, a female with chains extending from its scalp, shakes another, who, which appears to be dead. The third, a male with clockwork limbs, examines itself before jumping from the roof, landing on its stomach. It does not appear to be damaged by this, which seems to cause it distress. It then pursues 001, which is consuming another vehicle farther down the street. A female humanoid notices the camera crew. It begins to wave, but quickly stops. It looks towards 001 before jumping into the backyard and out of the camera's view. Okay, uh, next one is Addendum.04, uh, which is a taped phone conversation with Robert Pomaro. Uh, note, the following is audio from a taped phone conversation between an agent of the Church of the Broken God, named Unknown, and Robert Morrow. The call was recorded in December of 1942 and was collected by Foundation personnel during a raid on a church stronghold in 1966. With, and then underneath that is about a two-and-a-half-minute audio file, which we won't play. Yeah, um, we'll just read it. Uh, but back they, it does have a strange script. Um, I'll be Bumaro, I suppose. All right, I'll be Agent. Mm -hmm. Hello? Bless you, Father. Dimitri? No. Ah, uh, of course. Bless you, child. How is the little lord? Stronger every day. We have to, we had to move him from the back of our office into a warehouse nearby. He's being fed? As you required. Good. When will you be moving to Penasco? Within the week. We are only waiting for the next train. It may need to be sooner. There was a raid in La Paz two weeks ago. Three of our men have not been accounted for. There is growing foundation activity nearby. Oh, it cuts out momentarily there. Father? Tomorrow, tomorrow. See someone, someone in the background. In the background. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Father? Yes, yes. We, we had expected them to head north, but they've come west instead. A minor setback. What about the safe house? There are nearly a hundred artifacts there, and... Cuts off. A minor setback. They don't know where it is, and even if they did, that isn't their priority right now. Their eyes, and the eyes of the rest of the world, are on Europe. As their gaze settles there, they will not realize our accomplishment until they are powerless to stop him. Uh, that was, uh, something I needed to ask you, Father. Yes? Our god uh, is ravenous. We cannot seem to satiate him. Uh, the supplies we're given are not... Cuts off again. What is the issue? Father, our... The Lord is eating its own housing. If we cannot convince him to stop, he cannot be reasoned with it. Nonsense, nonsense. The heart of the devout may speak directly to our god. Can you not hear his words when he reaches out to you? Do you not feel the machine moving inside of you? Or do you need more proof other than a living, breathing god before your own eyes? No, Father, it is not that. It is... I will hear nothing of it. For years we have prayed and asked for our God to be unbroken before us, and now he's presented himself. 
We know that the divine will speak to the heart of the devout. If you are telling me that there are none among you who are devout enough to commune with our Lord, tell me now so you can be replaced. Our faith is strong, Father. Please forgive my insolence. I am only misguided. See to yourself, then. I worry for your faith. Have one of your brothers who is stronger than you. Yes, have him speak to the Lord and tell him of the necessity for secrecy. Our Lord will understand, no doubt. The unbroken God is a reasonable God. Yes, bless you, Father. Bless you, child. Child. When... <laughs> Go all southern. Um, the next is addendum uh, .05, uh, Escalation Report, December 1943. The following is an interview conducted with Foundation Commander Mark Peterson of Site 74. The director, who prior to the 001-apotheosis event was stationed in Mexico City, was on site with Foundation personnel in La Paz during the event. To the right, it is a map of Mexico. Um, there are two of them. It says pre-1943 Mexico and post-1943 Mexico after SCP-001 event. Um, in the and, first one, and, the Gulf of California is full of land. And in the second one, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's a big swath of ocean there instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can switch off again. I'll do Director Cornwell. Are we what? I'll, I didn't hear. I'll do Cornwell. All right. Start again from the top. We're recording now. All right. The first reports we got about church activity in Mexico were in 41, but it was all pretty minor at the time. We had just finished field operations near the border up north and were preparing to move our assets to Atlanta for deployment for, to France. We had just gotten our orders to retrieve a, retrieve a series of sensitive objects that they didn't want to get into the hands of the crowds, and they were going to move our entire division to get it done. Leadership wasn't sure that Roosevelt would make it. Roosevelt? Roosevelt would make the call to move in enough time for us to blend in with the Americans, so we were going to have to go in separately. The whole thing was a mess. What kept you in La Paz? I was there on accident. One of our trains had taken the overland route to La Paz, probably to pick up some of the armaments we had there. Turned out the train was supposed to head north, so all of a sudden most of the leadership south of Rio Grande of south of the Rio Grande is in La Paz, which in retrospect probably did us a lot of good as far as the overall effort is concerned. When did you first hear about the 001 debt slash apotheosis entity? <laughs> Jesus, is that what they're calling it now? The machine, I guess, we first heard over the grapevine of increasing activity in the area, and so I guess it would have been a little over a year ago. We ended up in La Paz in October of 42, so yeah, that sounds right. The first concrete evidence we got that something was wrong was when a train of refugees... Seems kind of silly to call them that, but I guess that's accurate. They showed up in La Paz near the end of October, talking about how their entire town had been mulched. They didn't really elaborate much, just kept saying, La Maquina. La Maquina. La Maquina. You know, the machine. That's why we were calling it that, by the way. We had no idea what it was supposed to be. What about your first interaction with the entity? Well, the rail stopped running, if that's what you mean. We got word from the local authorities that there had been an accident up north and that the trains weren't headed to the border anymore. It wasn't a huge issue for us, since we could have taken a couple of vehicles and headed east until we hit one of those little towns at the foot of the mountains. Most of them were hooked up to a separate rail line entirely, and we could have gone out that way. But the big stuff, the stuff that the train had been sent to La Paz for, couldn't just be moved, so we were going to wait it out. Then DeMarco had the bright idea to send a party up the rail line to see where the holdup was and see what we could do to clear it. He led the expedition himself. What happened to Agent DeMarco? You know damn well what happened to him, Bill. For the record. Fine. We didn't hear back from them after three days, and we were going to send the rest of the leadership east anyway, so they didn't have to wait. But then five day after five days, one of DeMarco's guys showed up at our camp. He was delirious, talking about the world eater and how the rest of the guys had gotten mulched. And they had, hadn't they? I knew it wasn't as big as it ended up, big then as it ended up, but it wasn't something to fuck around with. DeMarco, are you alright? Yeah, he tried to kill it. He probably knew then that we wouldn't find out until later, that we couldn't contain this thing. 
There wasn't a hole in the world big enough to put it in, or a box that it wouldn't eat its way out of. But it didn't matter for him, anyone he went with. The machine didn't care. When did you first see it? December. Once we'd hunkered in, I was part of an expeditionary expeditionary team that flew up to get a good look at it. It was already, I mean, you saw what it did to that side of the country. I'd never seen anything that big that could move. It was like a mountain of moving parts, blackening the sky as it burned through whatever it had. Sh it was shoveling into its chest. It was small then. It was, I don't know. We all had XK event preparation training, but this went above and beyond anything we had trained for. It was inevitability. We knew that we were all going to die, and this thing was going to kill us. It was just a matter of when. And then it ends. Um, the, yes. there, are, there are several more addendums uh, to that, though. Um, the next yes. one is point oh six, uh, Collected Foundation Correspondence. Um, no, the following are excerpts from written correspondences by Foundation personnel stationed at La Paz, recovered from the temporary site in the wake of the 001-apotheosis event. Names have been omitted. Dear, uh, omitted, <clears throat> I don't even know if this will get to you. None of the trains are running, but our commander says that we can still get letters out. I hope it does. I'd like you to read it. The skies down here have been dark for weeks. Smoke from up north every day makes it hard to breathe. They still don't have indoor plumbing here, and nobody but the other guys in our company speak English. We still don't know what we're going to do down here. Sorry, we still don't know what we're down here to do either. I keep hearing we're here to fix the rails, but why aren't we going north? Aren't the brakes in the rails up north? A man came into the town today with damn near half of his face cooked off. He was like a dead man, didn't respond to anyone. He got towards the middle of town and collapsed. When he finally woke up in the, firma, in the infirmary later, he was delirious, telling a story about the machine the size of a mountain that spoke to you. He said there were people jumping out of their homes and running just to throw themselves in it. said they were shredded, like jumping under, uh, underneath a lawnmower. Then he died, and no one knows why. The mountains crumbled before our own eyes. We saw a figure rising through the smoke, slow and lumbering, but with terrifying momentum. It didn't crawl like a beast or walk like a man, but was propelled forward by the turning of a million cogs, like an iron centipede. Its body extended upwards into the smoke, higher than we could make out. Within its chest, we saw fire, like the furnaces of hell. It came to the mountains north of us and did not stop or go around, but went through and devoured them. It reached out with a long, pulsing arm and pulled an entire village into its maw. I saw men leaping to their death as their homes were swept away into the same inferno as the rest, and it howled, not just through the grinding of the gears and the churning of the machine, but in our minds. I could hear it in my heart. It was screaming. Directive. Central Command Site-001. Courtesy of Omitted. Temp Site Lost. La Paz in ruins. Mechanical entity contained. Massive geological alterations. XK avoided. Request a amnestic support. They got it. Uh, Alright. <laughs> Addendum 7. Interview with uh, Global Cult Coalition Lieutenant Revenant, which is another group of interest we're going to cover. There's a lot of them. <laughs> uh, image was recovered post-event. There's a picture. It's heavily damaged. It is heavily damaged. Uh, and it's not very clear to see what's happening there. There's just some big old gears, and they're bigger than that. Yeah, you can see a house. Um, it's very, very black. It looks very destructive. Yes. The following is an excerpt of a post-event interview conducted with a Global Occult Coalition lieutenant, codenamed Revenant. Uh, the recording of the interview and all transcripts thereof were collected by Foundation agents during a negotiated information exchange in 1992. To a date, the identity of the Revenant is unknown. They exchange information with someone. They don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. There's this story that gets told among Foundation agents, something that the grizzled veterans will tell the Greenhorns during the long nights of guard duty on some cell block or another. I don't know who started it, but I know they can still tell it. It's been a half century and they still get it right. You can give them that much credit. They say, don't you know? The GOC killed God. 
But the Greenhorns will say, no, that's not true. God is in a cell at site, whatever. The GOC didn't kill God. And they're talking about that type green they've got locked, locked up somewhere, the one who thinks he's the Christian God. Then the vets will smile and shake their heads and won't say anything, because they all know. They know that in 1943, in the midst of the apocalypse, the Foundation could do nothing but watch the end while the Allied Occult Initiative, a poorly funded, undermanned, inadequate predecessor to the Coalition, saved the world. The metaphorical gun was found in an island off the coast of Greece. I wonder which one. Mm. Mm. I can't even remember what it looked like. All I get is this sort of fuzzy recollection the amnestics leave you with. But I distinctly recall it wasn't as heavy as you think. It's the box from before. Um, Why the amnestics? I was with a detachment deployed to the area, and apparently one of the pieces had some mind-altering effect to it. I have a vague sense of feeling something wrong, so I'll take their word for it. I don't remember what it looked like. I can't recall how it destroyed that much land. Hell, I barely remember what ha- when it happened, and the only reason I know where it... <laughs> the only reason I know where is all the before and after maps. Oh, uh, okay. But I can still feel it, in my gut, that that wasn't how things were meant to be. We stood before what looked to be an angry and vengeful god, and all, we, and all it did was beg us to kill it. And we were all too happy to oblige. Addendum uh, 001.008. Recovered video transcript. Note, the following is a transcript of recovered video footage, roughly 30 seconds in duration. The transcript of the clip was uh, authored shortly after its recovery, though the video has since degraded and is no longer legible. The footage's audio is in an acceptable condition and is available for access below. Recovered audio, uh, warning the following audio snippet has a a high volume and then has that, but it also has the transcript for it, so I'm going to go ahead and read that. At one second, recording opens on a town. Many buildings are collapsed or engulfed in flames. There is significant seismic activity present. O3, video pans to show SCP-001. Size is indiscernible in the video, but the entity takes up the entire frame. It is slowly moving forward. O9, SCP-001 is seen moving large amounts of earth into itself. Occasional flames erupt from within the entity. At 15 seconds, air raid sirens become audible as the sky lights up as if by lightning. The clouds directly over SCP-001 part momentarily. SCP-2399 is visible. Its underside is slightly damaged. Foundation mortar fire is seen passing overhead. And 2399 is a thing that is in Jupiter's red spot that is a big uh, complex mechanical structure that has been doing a bunch of things. Antimatter weaponry that does a bunch of things up there that Mm -hmm. appears to be damaged. Uh, 20 seconds, one such mortar strikes SCP-001, no damage is available. 22 seconds, the underside of SCP-2399 is glowing blue. 24 seconds, a bright beam of light erupts from SCP-2399 and strikes SCP-001. 001 violently reacts and reaches towards 2399. 26, there is an explosion, nothing can be seen on video. 30, as nearby people scream, video ends. There's an audio transcript of the video here. Mm-hmm. Which is just a bunch of... Sounds. Like sounds and everything, yeah. It is just a bunch of sounds. Uh, Alright. Addendum 09. Home stretch. There's like four more. But only like four more. Neutralization of 001. On July 17th, 1943, agents from the Allied Occult Initiative contacted Foundation Director stationed at La Paz, Mexico, and requested assistance with transportation towards the site of the entity. Foundation operatives moved quickly to dispatch a plane to retrieve the members. After arriving, they described a unique anomalous object they had in their custody and how it might be used to slow the advance of the entity. Three days after arriving at La Paz, on July 24, 1943, they, the Allied Occult Initiative dispatched a single agent to the site of the entity with the anomalous artifact on the person. On the morning of July 25, 1943, 
As the entity approached the shore of the Pacific Ocean, another massive mechanical construct appeared overhead, uh, later classified as the big thing and given an appropriate cover story for its file. The origin of this entity is currently unknown. Records of the event following the appearance of 2399 are incomplete and likely inaccurate. The result of this engagement was the annihilation of SCP-001. SCP-2399 later disappeared and was later discovered in low-orbit Jupiter in a state of disrepair, though the reason for this is currently unknown. The remaining inactive component of 001, a massive, unassembled group of machine parts, remains at the bottom of the Gulf of California. Upon removing SCP-882 from the inactive superstructure, the remainder collapsed and became wholly inert. So, once you removed the uh, 882, everything else just fell apart. Okay. Following the apotheosis event, a massive amnestation, a- amnestization of individuals in and around the area, known as, now known as Baja California, took place. <laughs> These efforts were aided by the quantity of thick black smoke that accompanied 001, and current historical records describe the events as a fir- as a forest fire. One heck of a forest fire. <laughs> Significant effort. E- <sighs> Significant effort was made to adjust maps of the area as well as relocate displaced c- civilians. Because of the need for a widespread amnestic regimen, several experimental neurotransformers were used. There is a footnote on that. Uh, specifically the U-class, the UN-class, and the UO-class amnestics, all of which have been discontinued. And because of their poorly understood side effects, it is estimated that no fewer than 2 million people across the world died in the following decade. Good job. Mm. That's fun. Yay. Um, addendum uh, 10, Collected Allied Occult Initiative Documentation. Note, the following document was given to the Foundation personnel by POI-004D-001. See addendum 001.12. Currently unknown how the document came into POI-004D-001's possession. Um, it has a little seal. Uh, it says, from the Office of the Authority General of the Allied Occult Initiative, Priority Tango-11, Attention, General Darius, Artifact Collection Report. Authored to Lieutenant Van Pelt, CO, C- Colonel Bagram. Report length, 57 pages. Summary of report, on December 30th, 1942, a rogue humanoid entity, anomalous in nature, was sighted by a patrol near a small island off the coast of Greece. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, This (laughs) entity, who claimed no name and did not communicate readily in the English tongue, was carrying a small cubic artifact no larger than a baseball. Probably the thing. mm -hmm. The entity appeared to be feminine and had a number of steel chains extending from its scalp. Ah, the um, one from before. Which was that one chick. Um, It's all fallen together. Entity was originally... uh, willing to give up possession of artifact classified AR-2 and 3, but became but, yeah, but became hostile shortly thereafter and began speaking. Entity made threats on the lives of the squad and subdued two officers before being incapacitated by Surgeon Dixon. Entity made reference to the west of the Mexican country, demanding to be freed so that the artifact could be taken there. Further research had has uh, uncovered increased SCP Foundation activity in that era, area as well as some minor geological disturbances which turned into major ones later on mm-hmm. uh, on the orders of colonel bagram second platoon was ordered to ship to the site of the disturbances with the entity classified en-340 in tow after boarding the ship after boarding the ship bound for america en-340 became passive albeit obviously uncomfortable and disturbed recommending further uh, psychological evaluation of en-340 upon return prior to termination once analysis of AR-213 is completed, artifact will be shipped to Zurich for incineration. Report is attached for your consideration, and then it's signed by the, by the guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. There, There's an agent statement, which is the second to last one. Yeah. 
we're almost done. <laughs> Bear with us. So close. Okay, this one also has an audio thing. Uh -huh. Oh, so, okay. So the guy has a accent, but I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> Agent Ruberson's statement, January 1944. Inactive. There's a picture of inactive pieces being transported, and it's just clockwork and cogs and stuff again. Mm -hmm. um, Agent Aaron Ruberson was on site during the collection of the artifacts as the most senior member of Foundation staff assigned to the collection. He was required to submit a post-event statement. The report was filed at Site 17 until it was added to the other classified material related to 001. Give me a sec. Okay. Okay. Aaron Robertson was Agent Aaron Agent Aaron Robertson Agent Aaron Robertson was wow. on site during <laughs> Agent Go. Aaron Robertson was on site during the collection of 001 artifacts as the most senior member of Foundation staff assigned to the collection event he was required to submit a post event statement this report was filed at site 17 until it was added to the other classified material related to SCP-001 it is unknown whether any other individuals had knowledge of this report or if any copies were made the following is an excerpt from that statement. We took what we could from the shores first. Little things. Gears and pulleys and pistons. Things like that. A lot of it was garbage, but they were still twitching, spinning, turning. They still had life in them. The small stuff sort of died off after a couple hours, but I heard that the bigger pieces were still turning weeks later. Like cutting the head off a chicken. The important parts, the one we knew were actual church artifacts, we managed to bag and get moved to the train to La Paz for transport. I counted, Christ, maybe a hundred? Individual anomalous artifacts. Some of the boys at the train station joked that they'd have to build a whole new site just to keep it all. We kept casualties low, fortunately. Mostly guys just being dumb around machinery, acting like it couldn't take their arms off. Rodriguez got his hand crunched, and we had to help move him to the local clinic. I think we only had one death that entire time. One of the locals we hired to help dive down into the bay and get straps around the heart so we could pull it up. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Said they found him with his head smashed between two moving pieces. Said it looked like he'd shoved it in them himself. But I don't know. I didn't see it. I didn't see the tag stuff. You know when a place manufactures something, and in order to identify where the part came from, you'll get a big piece of metal with their name on it and stick it on the side of the part? We saw plenty of those in the other parts, the stuff that they had collected while it was eating its way to the sea. None of the church artifacts did, though. They all buzzed along like everything else, but they weren't marked. You could feel something when standing next to them, like serenity. The whole project was like that. It felt calm, like relief. Except for the heart. We finally got it out of the bay. We had to keep it on the shore for a day because of the weather. Some of the locals started to get itchy, said they were hearing voices, wouldn't go near it. Didn't matter how much money we offered them, had to wait to bring in more support from the base up north just to get it loaded on a ship. I, man, I don't know. I've seen all kinds of things, but my medic resistance is pretty high. I had to pass a handful of tests just to get this assignment, and everything was clean, but I can't deny getting another kind of feeling around the heart. I don't know if I'd say I was hearing voices, but oh, right, the tags. As we were leaving, it was as we were leaving and loading it onto the ship that was going to take it north that I saw them for the first time. I didn't even think to say anything then, didn't even pass my mind until I started looking into some other files. Then that ship crashed in the storm and they lost the heart, and the whole time I kept thinking about those goddamn metal tags. I realized it then. It wasn't a church artifact, Johnny. They said property of the factory. Which, if you'll recall, is a thing that makes things and is insane and bad. Mm-hmm from the 001 thing. And they are a group of interest, though I'm not sure how we would be able to do that episode other than reading a bunch of their stuff because we already did the 001 proposal. So maybe mm -hmm. we'll combo that with another group. Who knows? Mm -hmm. 
due to the difficulty of close examination. This is a big. This is a big footnote. Big important footnote because they've mentioned the heart a lot, but they've never said what it is. Due to the difficulty of close examination of SCP-882, these claims have not been verified. This is the only place in the whole document that explicitly states that the heart of the broken god that was not made, that was not found, but rather made, supposedly by the factory, mm-hmm. is SCP-882, the metal thing that can absorb metal into it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so finally, one more addendum. Yeah, there is finally addendum uh, twelve interview with POI dash O four D slash O one, which they mentioned earlier. Um, note the following is an excerpt from an interview in two thousand nine with POI dash O four D slash O one, which claims to be a part of the previously unknown sect of the Church of the Broken God. Contact was made with cooperation of the usual unusual incidents unit, who had interacted with POI dash O four D slash O one, as detailed in addendum O one dot O one. So. Tell me what you think you know. I see. Interesting. Well, you're not entirely wrong, and that's commendable in this day and age. There are a few key details I feel you may be overlooking, and you may be overvaluing information handed to you by a self-admitted amnesiac. Let me set the record straight. The the GOC did not kill Yahweh, as they may so... Or Yahweh? I think think that's supposed to be Yahweh, because that's generally how it's, it's pronounced. The GOC did not kill Yahweh, as they may so proudly proclaim. And that was not the broken god they destroyed. It was a piece of it, surely, but would you show me a camshaft and call it a car? Oh, so you have some put some parts together. An engine, perhaps, but not a car. God is much simpler than that. God is everything. From the biggest star to the smallest particle. Each tiny part's completely insignificant on their own, doing whatever it is they're meant to do. Mashing together, gnashing at each other, all part of a cosmic machine. The, sh- the machine aspect was, at some point, like simply a metaphor. An idea. But as I'm sure you know, ideas are powerful. They make things from nothing, or change things already there. And with a small spark of the divine, a symbol becomes real. At the planet with as much life as there is here, you generate a lot of ideas. And you may ask me, why is it called the Broken God? There are a few possible answers. Something as simple as translation issues. Reinterpretations made physical by the devout. Is broken simply a poor translation of some more nuanced word? Was God a being that broke in the Big Bang? If so, why did it break? And what will happen if it is repaired? I can answer none of the questions save the last, but you already know the answer. Whatever God once was doesn't matter, ultimately. What matters to you is that it must remain as it it is. Broken. God knows that. The more powerful parts, the mechanical components, the more conventional conventional sex may label as holy. They know they are not meant to be one solid thing. And even when forced together, a foreign force driving them, they know what they really are. Bits of the monster will work to destroy itself, deploy smaller entities to do the job. The GOC didn't kill it. They took the gun from its own hand and claimed credit when they pulled the trigger. The problem is that humans are too small a part of God to remember. Remember what it was like before. And so those like Bumara will invent new ways to push us towards a singularity. Because that's what will happen. Did you see the underside of the destroy? It was damaged even before the encounter in 43. And if you looked very closely, you might have even seen the scars were getting closer and closer to the power core. It even managed to damage whatever let it slip between the layers of reality this time. Eventually, the monster will win. It will destroy the destroyer, devour it, and with its power, consume everything. And I mean everything. God will return to being one gestalt being, a singularity, and then break. Only this time, it may have some outside force within it. The rust of the factory. The blood of a Davite king. The fifth hits... Wonder, uh, wonder, some, um, 
okay, some random person on the street with enough spark in them to be a reality bender. They will have a hand in remaking the universe and close the secondary loop of all of this. No, that doesn't concern me. It's an eventuality. It's meant to happen. Who's to say it hasn't already happened and your people were the winner? Maybe humanity itself was the winner. But that doesn't mean I'd be against putting it off, allowing the primary loop to continue. Yes, it's possible. I know you couldn't damage the monster last time, and that the destroyer may not be able to repair itself by the time it is needed. But who's to say you can't aid it? Or mimic those who will seek to rebuild God and acquire outside help. Working together, nothing is impossible. Apart, we are broken. But united, we are God. Bum, bum, bum. So wow. yeah, that's basic. That's the end of it. That's the whole thing. That's a person who mm-hmm. claims the universe is God, which I mean, I guess makes sense. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole. This is a long one. Who boy. Yeah. Um, um, all right. Uh, let's do some of the little end, just like housekeeping things. Such as next week, we're going to probably do the Serpent's Hand. Uh, I don't know. See, a lot of these things, I'm not as familiar with the groups of interest as I am with some other things. Familiar mm-hmm. with specific ones. So, we might end up combining them depending on how much there is, but I don't think so. I think the Serpent's Hand is fairly big. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not as long as this one. <laughs> yeah, this but... one was fairly big, and we didn't even read a lot of the SCPs. There isn't many of them. Yeah. Yeah, Many. we were gonna do like we were gonna do like at least like three or four more, but you know we're well, also I had about. Those a... written. I did not expect to hit those yeah. all. We're also about an hour and a half in, so yeah, you know, um, but yeah, so that was that was the 001 proposal by Twisted Gears and uh, DJ Cactus. DJ um, Cactus, yes. So yeah, um, so that was that was the Church of the Broken God. That was a lot. Um, mm-hmm. that's your basic knowledge. There's a lot of things on the site if you want to read up more. But basic, basically, being a little bit light, but you know. Yeah, little, little, just some light reading, you know. Mm-hmm. But their god is broken, and they must repair him. Oh. Okay, sorry. Calm yeah, down. whatever. <laughs> whatever. But, uh, yeah, as usual, once again, uh, this has been the Secure Contained Podcast. I am your co-host, David. I am your co-host, sorry. This has been the Church of the Broken God. Uh, thank you once again for listening. Uh, and we will see you, or not, I guess not see you guys. We will talk to you guys next week. Yes, we will. Bye.